Well, that's loud. Okay, kids, we're uh, we're in Studio 2M, and this is Richard's Radio Adventures. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, and uh, this is just kind of a, I don't know what it is, kind of a rambling, talking about radio kind of thing that uh, we decided to do in our spare time since we're not able to... Uh, produce a full podcast anymore. Um, if y'all want to find out more about me or uh, or this particular show, go ahead and uh, ease on over to KB5JB. No. See? Done messed it up already. For those of you that are new to our uh, our program, uh, y'all, may not, uh, y'all may not know, but uh, I mess up a lot. So go on over to rfpodcast.info, rfpodcast.info, and uh, you'll be able to find out more about what's going on with us. So what's happening this time around? I think we'll talk about the Whit Griffin, N5SU. A friend of mine went silent key a week or two ago. His name was Whit Griffin, N5SU. And wit will be sorely missed. In amateur radio, wit was the kind of guy you really look up to. He was one of the first guys I met when I first got licensed. Back in the days of the old Dallas Amateur Radio Club. And over the years, he has offered encouragement, taught me things. And uh, When I was running the Speakers Bureau here in North Texas, he was one of my main speakers because Witt, could, Witt is the guy that inspired me to take the more complex stuff that uh, we talked about on Resonant Frequency, take it, ingest it, boil it down, simplify it best I can, and then bring it back to y'all. And I'm sorry about the road noise. Like I said, we're in Studio 2M, and we're on our way to accomplish a non-amateur radio task. So, Witt's been around for years. He, he, I believe he graduated from MIT back in the 20s and 30s. He was, he was pretty advanced in years when he passed away. He did a lot of work on government radio systems. For those of you that are natives to Dallas, he was uh, he worked for Continental Electronics for a number number of years, which was a very large military uh, contractor at one time. I don't know if they still are. Builders have never been very big, <laughs> but Witt was a great guy. As far as being out operating with Witt, I really didn't spend a lot of time with him. Most of our interaction was either across the table from each other or via the telephone or over the air, and he will be sorely missed. However, there was a, uh, a memorial net held for him on one local repeater, one that's owned and operated by his home club. And it was quite touching to hear how many people he had uh, actually 
felt out over the years that were just on this impromptu kind of net. Sorry, big truck. And uh, it was everybody from QCWA members to guys that hadn't been licensed for a few months. And uh, I really don't think I ever met anybody that had a bad word to say about with. Of course, I've never heard Witt say anything bad about anybody. He was truly a great man. He built huge uh, radio stations around the world, giant broadcast stations. He brought programs to us in his later years with slides from construction to some of these things. Truly magnificent structures. Something that would really impressed the radio operator. But, you know, I've sat here and I've rambled about wit and everything else, but when I had a little time, I got to thinking about it. And what did wit teach me? You know, what did I take away from the experience of knowing Whit Griffin? The main thing I guess he impressed upon me is that there's so many things in amateur radio that are scary. There's a lot of big, big technical words that scare people. And a lot of folks, because hams aren't as friendly as they once were, a lot of folks won't take these guys in, take the time to try and still this down and simplify it and make it something that is more easily comprehensible, more easy to comprehend. I'm sorry, I'm driving down through here. We had a big fire down in Waxahachie today and the smoke plume is extended 30 miles all the way up into Dallas. You see it from the roadway out here, it's got me distracted. But you take these well, I can't say difficult concepts, these hard-to-understand concepts, and distill them down into something that the new guy who's been in radio, because we have so many people that are coming in that have never done any kind of radio stuff, and try and get it across in fashion that's easy for them to digest. You know, I know there's a lot of y'all out there that have been fooling with radios in some shape, form, or fashion since you were a kid. And I mean, you heard this before on the, on the other show, that my dad was big on pushing electronics on me. You know, I had a Radio Shack crystal radio set when I was five or six years old. I had these... Uh, however many in one project kits that came from uh, Radio Shack. And I was always learning about this stuff because my father was a frustrated amateur radio operator. He didn't actually get his license until probably a year or so before I got mine. But he was a frustrated amateur radio operator electronics and gadgets and stuff like that always appealed to him. And 
my, the benefit for me is, is that I was always around electronics of some sort. Then I got a little older, and my parents asked me one birthday what I wanted for my birthday, and I told them, hey, Citizen Band Radio. This was back before it got so bad, folks. And I spent some time in that service, operating in that service. Met, met some good people. Met a lot of bad people. And these new guys, a lot of them come straight in. Their only experience with the radio is a, either their router, their wireless router in their house, or their cell phone. So it's up to us, those of us that have been around, to take this information and convey it to the new guys. Propagating the hobby. That's one of the things we taught me. Take these concepts, simplify them down, teach these guys, Elmer. Because that's how we propagate the hobby. You know, one, it's really not a lot of good to take them and test them and then dump them. They've all got questions, and it's getting far too easy nowadays to tell them to, to read the read the freaking manual. Because the manual doesn't tell it all. You know, a lot of these guys they get on the air on like two meters, and they think all they can do is talk to each other through a repeater. When I've had good, usable simplex contacts locally up to 30 and 40 miles. And then when you add in stuff like ducting, I've had conversations with people hundreds of miles away on FM. In fact, the best one I can remember is... Uh, uh, I was sitting in field day a year or so after I got the license. I was sitting in the parking lot at field day, and we had a regular simplex frequency we used around here. Uh, it was uh, 146.55, 146.55. And I was sitting there and uh, listening, getting out of the sun for a little bit because it gets kind of warm in Texas around field day. And I heard this guy, he's way off in the noise. And I couldn't really make out his cough. But I waited a couple minutes and he came back again. He was still very noisy, but I could understand him better. And I gave him a call back. We started talking. And as we talked over the course of the next, I don't know, eight, ten minutes, his signal became full quieting. We're talking on simplex now. I've got a quarter-wave antenna on top of my car, quarter-wave magnet mount. That's how bad it was. A homemade quarter-wave magnet mount on top of my car using the KDK FM2030, for those of y'all that are familiar, which had a, had a whopping high end of 20 watts. And we were talking. He said, I sounded good. He sounded good to me. And as the conversation progressed, I found out that he was coming up out of the airport down in Waco, Texas, the uh, regional airport down there. Well, I was in Mesquite at the time, so I make that at about 100 miles. So... 
that just goes to show there's things that these new guys, they don't know because they haven't experienced it. Nobody's bothered to tell them about it. And even when they get told sometimes, they think it's a whopper, which amateur radio operators would never tell a whopper. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, uh, a lot of times, the things that we do tell that might sound like a big, uh, tall tale turn out to have really happened because the stranger things tend to be that way. So anyway, I guess I've kind of wandered off the subject. Uh, my dear friend Witt, he will be missed. He touched a lot of lives, and not just in amateur radio, but and so many other places and I know I'll miss him I know the folks that were good enough to show up for his memorial net over over on the DARC repeater uh, will miss him I know there are people that will be finding out for the next two years that he's gone uh, he definitely leaves a large large hole in amateur radio and it's up to us to try and fill that hole back up. We can't fill his shoes, but we can pull up the slack. And for those of y'all that are listening that are not in North Texas, not around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, it goes for you too. Because we need more people like Wit, And we need to make sure we pull these guys in and Elmer them. You know, every time I talk to somebody, in fact, I talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago out at the flea market down in Lake Tawakini. He stopped. I had some uh, QSTs out in the box up there. And he stopped by and he was looking at him. I go, you need to take him home with you. He says, you talking to me? I said, yes, sir. You need to take him home with you. Well, you know, I had an amateur radio license. My brother still got one. Really. Yeah. Unfortunately, I never could get anybody to help me get rolling. Well, you know, it's not too late, I told him. He said, no. My life's really changed a lot since then. and uh, I really don't see any reason to do it. And this is not the first time I've heard something like that. For those of y'all who listen to the uh, other show, you know we talk about uh, going Linux. We talk about going Linux a lot. One of the co-hosts over there is a former amateur radio operator. Similar story. He uh, got into it. He really couldn't find anybody to help him understand it. He uh, was having trouble pursuing it and let it go. And I told Tom, in fact, I went and checked his old call sign because he was able to remember what it was. And I told him it was still available. And through his vanity call system, he could have it back if he liked. But he decided that, uh, no, I've got these other things to go So we need to wrap this up. No, I'm not going to say that. So he, uh, 
each side not included. So y'all go out and Elmer these guys, teach them what you know, and when you get a chance, stop and think about with in five issues. He will be sorely missed. Even though you may know, may not know that it's affecting you directly, it will probably affect you and everyone. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and cut this one short, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. All right.